This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Here we are. It's the Monday edition. More election talk after 520 with our panel. Topics worthy of discussion. We'll get into it. Uh, different facets of it as much as there's uh, still room to maneuver around it. But, uh, you know, I mentioned term limits. Maybe that's something we ought to consider when we see the outcome that may gain currency. Uh, of course, the election, is it a change election? We'll know more uh, later on tonight. Certainly our coverage starts after 7 o'clock in earnest. And, uh, you know, I've even heard that should Jennifer Keys mad lose, she's thinking, or somebody is promoting her to be the leader of the Liberal Party, which will be interesting. So, I mean... These are all very speculative things. Let's just uh, park that for now. As I said, we'll find out more about the latest results from a poll conducted for Global by Ipsos, whose head is going to join us here shortly to tell us that, you know, Andrew Scheer is uh, making it a neck-and-neck race with Justin Trudeau. So what gives with that? A year out from that election. However, on another matter, we also uh, see... Uh, where there's a projection going forward for a big development on the eastern port lands here, just uh, immediately east of us, and that has to do with this Alphabet uh, parent company, Sidewalk Labs. Big operation, and uh, it really would revitalize the whole area as well as uh, create massive employment. But there are some glitches in the works, not least of which involve data being uh, secured and how it would be used uh and that has become a bone of contention with Ann Kavukian, by the way, who was involved in the project uh, because uh, I believe Sidewalk Labs was using her privacy by design uh, feature. She, of course, is a distinguished expert in residence at the Privacy by Design Center of Excellence at Ryerson University. And you might recall a three-term privacy commissioner here in the province of Ontario. Let's find out what the deal's all about. Ann Kavukian has joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And it's good to have you back in the program. How, how are you? <laughs> A pleasure, Sean. It's been busy. <laughs> yeah, listen, uh, I, I, you know, I'm kind of surprised when I was reading the uh, story earlier today. You resigned on Friday on a matter of principle. Tell us about it. What happened? I, I was retained by Sidewalk Labs about a year ago to offer them consulting to embed privacy by design into all of the operations that they're designing for the smart city in Toronto. And I love that because then that would allow us to have a smart city of privacy, not a smart city of surveillance. So normally you get people's consent to use their personal information, but that's not possible in a smart city where you're going to have sensors everywhere and all kinds of technology like facial recognition and um, surveillance cameras. So my response was then we have to de-identify the data at source, meaning a a, a sensor picks up your data, you're driving along, they pick up your license plate number. Right then and there, you de-identify, you anonymize the data, meaning you get rid of any identifiable information, license plates, both direct and indirect identifiers, and you render the data non-identifiable, meaning there's no privacy issue, it's not linked to an individual. They had committed to doing this, and I was delighted with that. 
And then I went to this meeting on Thursday, and they're creating this new body called a Civic Data Trust, where lots of players, Waterfront Toronto, Sidewalk Labs, other companies involved in the smart city can, you know, exercise governance over the data. And that's great. But they said, we're going to encourage everyone to de-identify the data at source, but we have, you know, we can't guarantee that with all these additional players. And that's when I knew I had to step down because that will eradicate any privacy in this smart city. You have to insist upon all the data collected being de-identified or anonymized as soon as it's collected. So there's no risk of having personal identifiers attached to the data. That would completely erode any semblance of privacy. So when I heard that wasn't going to take place, I just said, I'm stepping out of this. And one of the good things is, see, this isn't just Sidewalk Labs. It's the city of uh, Waterfront Toronto. They have to lay down the law with all the partners who are going to join this venture and say, we de-identify at source. Right at the time the data are collected, we anonymize it full speed. Then you still have data and you have governance issues dealing with the data, you know, who owns it, who runs it, how's it going to be used, but, it, but they're not privacy-related implications because none of the data are going to be personally identifiable. Again, with Ann Kavukian, Distinguished Expert in Residence at Ryerson's Privacy by Design Center of Excellence. You know, I'm just kind of curious because how practical is it to anonymize as soon as you collect the data immediately if there's an identifier, like, you know, facial recognition or a license plate number, as you suggested, uh, and just ditch it, get rid of it? I mean, in a lot of instances, we've seen where security cameras pick up uh, the images of people who have been implicated in crime, and it's because these are matters of record and that data has been retained that we're able to gather evidence and solve the crime. So uh, really, how, how do we reconcile this? You get rid of the data in terms of personally identifiable data, and then you can address other related issues. I mean, we, have, we work with law enforcement all the time. They can get a warrant if they have probable cause that a crime has been committed, and they can investigate. There are many means of investigation, but we cannot routinely have data collected in personally identifiable form. That would be a city of surveillance. That's the last thing you want. You could kiss your freedom goodbye. Nobody wants to be tracked all the time and all their activities surveilled. Oh, my God, that's the last thing we want. And that's, in fact, why Sidewalk Labs came to me. They said, we want you to help us embed privacy by design into our smart city so that we can have the best, the most privacy-protective smart city in existence. And this would be a first, John, because most smart cities become cities of surveillance, like Dubai and others abroad. That's not what we want. I'm on the International Smart Cities Council. People are fretting over these issues all the time. So here in Toronto, we would be addressing these issues up front, at source, getting rid of the personal identifiers. This would be amazing because it would allow us to develop a smart city and have it free from surveillance. It would be a win-win. And yet, you know, it was interesting because just before you joined us, we were talking about, well, some of the issues that are confronting these mayoral candidates and uh, crime seems to be, you know, front and center. And we've had more incidents uh, over the weekend. It's going on unabated. And people say, well, you know, uh, London, England has less crime than we do. And then I pointed out it's the most surveilled piece of uh, real estate on the planet. Turns out I was wrong because it's number two. Beijing has surpassed it. sorry. We want to be like Beijing. (laughs) But but you see, this is the trade-off. This is what people cite, you know, that this is somehow a force for good. No, no, and that's what they have to understand. You don't do trade-offs. You engage in multiple gains, multiple positive gains. You have privacy and data utility, privacy and security. 
privacy and, not privacy versus. That's what people have to understand. We have to get rid of that zero-sum mindset. It will do us in. If you value your freedom, you value your privacy. We have to find ways to preserve our freedom, our privacy, and engage in emerging technologies. I've done this again and again during my three terms as privacy commissioner. We work with all of the leading tech companies, Microsoft, Intel, HPE, Oracle, IBM, all of them to create technologies that preserve privacy. We can do this. You have to make it a win-win operation. Really? And so you don't feel that horse is already bold of the barn? Oh, get rid of the horse. We're getting a new barn. <laughs> and, are you kidding? Uh-huh. We have, privacy has never been in, in higher regard, if you will. And there's a trust deficit like I've never seen before. People are very distrustful of both governments and corporations. We have to make this a win-win. We can do that in the city of Toronto if we embed privacy by design into the operations. Well, you say you wanted to make it a wake-up call. Do you think you got their attention? <laughs> and, I mean, we're talking to you, and I know oh. you've talked to others as well. So is this a point now where people will start taking notice and insist upon the things that you're suggesting? I believe so, John. I mean, you wouldn't believe the number of calls I've had. I've done over a dozen interviews. People are very, very exercised about this issue. And most people are saying, um, are, are, are praising me for having made this move. But they're just saying, don't leave them alone. You know, keep at it. And that's what I said to Waterfront Toronto. I would be happy to continue working with you in Sidewalk Labs as long as I have that requirement that you're going to lay down the law and say to all the players, we start by privacy, embedded in design. It's a default setting at source. Well, all right. Uh, it's like, you know, I, it's a quixotic kind of a thing, and uh, I admire you for continuing to fight the good fight. For a lot of us, I guess, you know, we just kind of concede that there's all kinds of data being mined, uh, you know, about us, and uh, it's almost like there's an air of resignation, and you're no, saying we don't have to capitulate. We cannot give up. It's point-counterpoint. It's like a chess game. They make gains, we make gains. It goes back and forth. This this discussion will continue, and we have to have we have to preserve our strength and maintain the essential need for privacy. Finally, I've got to ask you because it's a story that's come up uh, just in the last few days. The election is the federal one a, a year out. Uh, there's some talk about how susceptible we are to outside influence and manipulation because you know there might be some. Uh, state players usually are uh, that might want to manipulate our election or at least the way the information gets disseminated. Uh, What do you hear and what do you know about that and what should we be on guard for? It's a good question. I don't know a great deal. I'm going to be honest with you, John. Um, You know that Facebook has been allegedly in the states uh, compromised by external forces to influence the elections. Is that happening here? I'm going to say that as a question mark, and I urge our governments at both federal and provincial municipal levels to have all all eyes on this. All right. Uh, A word to the wise, and you keep fighting the good fight. Uh, No, I appreciate that. I mean, you uh, obviously stood on a principle that you resigned on Friday because they weren't playing the game, according to Hoyle, or uh, up to your standard, and that's uh, very admirable. It takes a lot of courage. Anne, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. All the best. Okay. Anne Kavukian, again, is a distinguished expert in residence at the Privacy by Design Center of Excellence at Ryerson University.